Welcome to The Tasty Solution, a show where we use diverse coastal case studies to prove a very simple concept, that culinary tourism can save the world. Luckily for us, we have a number of solutions to choose from, so we thought we'd go big and investigate global challenges like invasive species removal, biodiversity extinction, climate change, international conflict, social impact, cultural preservation, and whatever else the world throws our way. Come with us as we travel around the world and speak with diverse experts fusing sustainable food tourism and responsible destination management. Bringing this rich and often delicious content to you is the culinary tourism and destination management dream team, Jane Connolly and Erica Sears. Hey there, Jane Connolly here, culinary tourism activator and all around bon vivant. I strive to preserve and promote local foodways and culinary heritage through the development of community-based tourism and to open people's eyes to the wonders of the world's gastronomy while observing and preserving culture, customs, and the planet. And hey, joining Jane here is Erica Sears, destination management aficionado and social steward. I support coastal ecosystems, cultural heritage, and local identities by aligning community priorities with tourism opportunities, while also encouraging moonshot goals and out-of-the-box thinking from the tourism industry. We are really, really excited to jump into this episode today and explore the topic of forgotten fishing villages. We're going to explore the challenges and solutions around social impact, community engagement, and also the creation of value-added local products. And that, that story, I think, could actually happen all around the world. So there's so many destinations that might be out there right now, like, oh, is this about us? Could this be about us? But in fact, today we are visiting a diverse and rich archipelago located in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, Portugal's Azores Islands. According to Visit Portugal, they are nine islands, nine small worlds that have as many similarities as differences, but where the friendliness of their inhabitants is shared by all. And joining us today is an Azores local. We have Christina Mello, who is the project manager of Local Food Culture. The Local Food Culture Project is a concept brand of tourism management consulting products and services. Its mission is to enhance the promotion of local gastronomic culture and promote it through information and knowledge sharing based on taking local gastron gastronomy seriously. And Christina, we're so excited. I'm excited to meet you. I know Jane has already met you, um, but I think that we get the opportunity to look at quite a few things today, including a study that you've been working on that's aiming to enhance the, um, the price of some species of fish that are local to your area um, to increase that price in the markets and see how that could diversif diversify incomes of your community members and even create new businesses like food businesses or tourism-based businesses. 
Um, as always, I'm looking for some of those deeper topics too around the scarcity of fish and climate change impacts. And then of course, looking at the goals of your study, like highlighting the quality of seafood products and the fact that they are fresh and local and bring a lot of pride to your local community members. So welcome to the show, Christina. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much. Hello, everyone. Thank you, Jane and Erica, for inviting me here. And uh, thank you um, for being uh, give, for, for giving me this opportunity to talk about uh, the Azores and talk about the local food project. But first of all, uh, um, I uh, congratulate you for your initiative of doing this uh, podcast. I hope that uh, this will be a first um, small big step for making gastronomy and culture uh, a way of, of helping uh, local development and spreading the, the culture of every part of the of, uh, of countries that are for some reason not very very known or very developed. Thank you all for the invitation. Yeah, it's good. Great to have you here. And, um, you know, I'm not that familiar with the Azores myself. And so I'd love, Christina, for us to just jump in and see if you could describe your destination for people that are listening today that may be unfamiliar with it, like myself. Um, so in other words, can you paint a picture for all of the folks that are listening in? Yeah, <laughs> of course. Well, to paint a picture, I will have to paint a beautiful picture because the Azores are uh, such a beautiful uh, archipelago, as you said, with uh, nine different islands, all different from each other. We are uh, not in, in the middle of nowhere, as, uh, uh, as we used to say um, in the past, but we are in the middle of uh, everything. We are in the middle of the world. We are in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, uh, very near from, from America and very near from the from the um, European continent. So we are at a very strategic good position, uh, and, um, but we are a small archipelago. We are very known for our nature, but also for the 500 years of history. Uh, these small islands were, were not um, inhabited. There were no people here when they were discovered. And um, there were... Um, it was people from the mainland, from the Portuguese mainland, that came here more than 500 years ago. Uh, and so we have a lot of influences from the, from the Portuguese mainland. Uh, in terms of tourism, uh, it's, it's, as I said, it's nine different islands. We have uh, São Miguel, that's one of the biggest, it's the biggest island where we have the main city. Uh, here in this uh, in this island where I live, we have almost half of the population of all the Azores. So it's we can say that it's it's the more it's the big and the more developed island. Uh, but even so, in terms of tourism, we have uh, a very sustainable tourism, very um, uh, turned for uh, nature and for culture. Um, and it's a, a great place to discover yet because not a lot of people know the Azores. Although, Jane, in America, it's, uh, uh, we have a lot of connections with America because almost the, more than the population that lives here in the Azores, 
we have uh, um, more people living in America that went from here to America that that the, the population that actually lives here nowadays. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Is are there are there specific areas in the United States where they have settled? Yes, I think California is is one of them. But uh, I don't know uh, the the certain um, states where they are. Yes, but they are they are. We have a, a lot of um, big groups from um, communities, not groups, communities from Azorian living in 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 America and also in Brazil. We have a lot of migration history of migration in the Azores uh, due to the um, well some um, economical uh, issues um, and also um, because we have a this is unheard uh, um, um, how do you say um, volcanic hurt so uh, and the weather is uh, always very unstable so. During this all all these uh, centuries, we had a lot of problems with um, volcanoes and a lot of uh, problems uh, in in concerning um, social poverty, and that's one of the reasons that we had to um, go away to America and to Brazil to try and look for a better life. So um, migration is is very attached to to our to our community. Those are two very interesting reasons to migrate away from your home. And I think that, you know, trying to find a better economic opportunity is pretty common. But the volcano thing, that is pretty unique. Um, you know, like- we actually, all the islands are volcanic, volcanic islands. And we actually, in San Miguel, is one of the islands where the volcanoes are still active. We have this small region that it's called Furnas. Where we actually live in the in the um, in the volcano, every population, every community there lives in the volcano. In an active volcano. Yes, in an active volcano. <laughs> you have uh, you have you can see, for example, um, a very traditional dish that it's cooked under the earth for six hours, um, and it's boiled like kind of a stew, but. Only um, you put the meat and the vegetables there with no, nothing but salt, and for six hours, um, and then uh, you 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 take away the pan from the earth, and you have this uh, cozido uh, made in this volcanic earth. That's very it's unique. I would say so. I mean, I can imagine the recipe is like you will need one pound of meat, four potatoes, salt, volcano. Um, volcano. <laughs> well, you have to have local meat and local vegetables. So that's also the difference. I love it. So we've talked about a lot of your communities members, maybe that have migrated away. But who are the tourists that come to the Azores? You know, what countries are they coming from, and why are they traveling there? Yeah. Well, now nowadays this changed a lot. Uh, for the past two years, you know why, right? Because of the pandemic. So now we are. We were already very a very um des- destination that sell uh, mostly in the nature uh, and, uh, and, um, and and uh, nature activities nowadays uh, as we all in the world did kind of a reset in tourism we more than ever we are this kind of uh, uh, tourism destination 
So uh, nowadays you, you see a lot, well, we see a lot of, uh, of national people coming here from Portugal, from the mainland, because we still cannot travel a lot. So for the past year, you see a lot of um, uh, national tourism coming here. But you also see a lot of um, people from America due to this connection they have with the Azores. Um, but you see also a lot of Europeans, French, uh, German, uh, Italians also. And even you start to see um, small communities of these um, destinations coming here and to live, especially after the, the pandemic. People that want to change life and want to live in a, in a, a more natural place and a more calm place and appreciate life better, uh, better than, the, than, for example, in the big cities. You also see this kind of tourism coming, coming here and start uh, moving and living here. And this is very interesting. So um, mainly this is the, 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 the kind of tourism that we have here. Really interesting. I think that's happening in a lot of places around the world of, you know, being able to work remotely from home and people are like, well, why would I live in this, maybe this big city uh, when I can go live in the Azores or on the Oregon coast or in Spain? Uh, so yeah, interesting to hear. You see a lot of, of the digital co um, community coming to live here in these small places like Madeira and like in Azores. That's great. I mean, I guess any kind of change, um, I mean, I, I guess we'll we'll see what kind of impact that has on on local economies. But I can imagine new residents um, who are are spending their money locally uh, can't be a bad thing for for destinations during the pandemic. Um, so now that we have a better idea of the Azores. I'd like to jump into my favorite topic with Christina. You know what that is, which is the local food scene. I would love for you to give us a little bit of a, of a crash course, let's say, in the local food culture of the Azores. So you mentioned the cozido, but what else can you tell us about the local food culture there? Well, Jane, local food culture is, is, is as, I, as I told you, it's nine islands that... Um, um, organize, the archipelago is organized in nine islands, right? So um, the food here, the food culture here is for that very diverse. So, but um, speak, for example, of, um, of um, probably the, this, the, the big highlands. Well, let me see if I can explain you better. Y you have uh, influences um, from the mainland, right? It's obvious because people from the mainland came here uh, to um, to come to, to the Azores, to these nine islands. Uh, then you also have, we cannot forget that the, the, the Azores were in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. So um, doing uh, discoveries, the, the Portuguese discoveries, this was a place where all the ships coming from India and from Brazil, they had to stop here. So you can you can also find in more some islands more than the others. You also can find these influences uh, concerning, for example, sugar spices coming from Brazil, um, sugar cane. So you have a lot of influences from some products that you find here 
that the, they didn't came from the mainland, but they did, they, they did came from the, all these influences from the Portuguese uh, discoveries. Um, for example, from the, the, the mainland and also in the others, you uh, find a lot of influences concerning the scarcity that it was the, the, the big problems that I, that I was speaking to you about the earthquakes, volcanoes, and uh, the weather. Uh, so the people that live here for all these centuries, it was not an easy life. So we had to, to sometimes to build and to find food from, from, from scratch, from, from nothing. Uh, even if we have, for example, good crops or um, good, a good land for uh, producing, um, sometimes the weather was so bad and it changed so fast uh, because it's small islands that they lost everything. So almost all the uh, our, our, um, our food culture and our gastronomy, it, it comes from... Um, from scarcity, I don't know if it's that's the right word to say. Yeah, from from a sense of scarcity when you don't have the the stability of of having a, a certain amount of food coming in that that you can count on, right? So you get really really good at at making do with what you have, using simple ingredients and and many different ways in many different dishes, and, and especially because uh, the Azores, because they had such a good uh, land. Um, usually they they produce for the 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 kingdom before it was uh, democracy they produce for the kingdom so we produced a lot of very good products but they were all going to the mainland and so the the people that work here the farmers they didn't stay with the, with the, these products they have to send it all to the to the kingdom and so uh, the the food here was always based on on not having much right you understand and this is very interesting to 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 understand uh to so we can understand nowadays the kind of food that we have we have to understand of course the story uh, of these nine islands and um, and and how it came as we are today yeah i'm sure with such a such a diverse and I don't know, even even hard, let's say, history that the people of the Azores have endured over the years. I imagine it it comes with a sense of pride for people um, for people nowadays. Um, maybe you know they're they're proud of these traditional dishes that that were born out of scarcity, but. I can imagine maybe there's a there's a high appreciation for them now, a high place of pride. Would you agree with that? You start to to see that nowadays, um, um, especially after the pandemic, that we look more uh, inside of us, and uh, we we start to appreciate what we have locally. You you start to see that, and especially because we finally understand that uh, the, the tourism before, but more now more than ever, they want uh, the typicity, they want to taste the, the local environment, they want to have real authentic experiences. And so nowadays, uh, people that work well, direct or indirectly uh, in tourism, 
they start to understand that this is the good path. This is the only way we can um, make the world look at, uh, at us as a destination different from the others. Uh, so nowadays you start to see this, you start to see uh, chefs uh, using local products um, and start to, to, to dig into uh, old recipes. They are very much lost. You start to see the restaurants using local products and, and, and having kind of a storytelling behind it and explaining to, to people who visit us that uh, which are the local products and the local recipes and why we do, we do that. And you also start to see um, the local um, I, I identity, the local governmental entities um, looking at food culture and, and gastronomy and agriculture and fisheries as a, a sector well, where they have to really invest. First of all, because it's getting lost, all this potential and all this history is getting lost nowadays uh, with the, the kind of, um, of way we live here. And, and, uh, and also because it's the only way where we can um, uh, show us in a different way uh, um, than other destinations that are also in, uh, nature destinations and they are also, they have almost the same things that we have here. It's really interesting. I think um, a lot of times when we talk about local food, it's almost like in the United States, you know, we call it like hipster or it's so special. Um, maybe there's one item on the menu that's local and everyone's like, I'm having the local dish or this fish was caught locally, like on the Oregon coast, you know, the, the opportunity to have a local fish is so special. Um, but it almost seems ironic that you could be these small islands in the middle of an ocean and say like, Whoa, this is local. Like it feels like, of course it is, it should be. But so much of the world, I think with globalization has moved away from that, that it feels like this reawakening of, of locals and of chefs and of tourists that like, let's get back to that. Let's get back to eating that local flavor. Yeah. And luckily, luckily here we have all of this. We are, um, um, very complete. You have a very good meat. You have a, a great ocean. We have one of the biggest areas of, of uh, fishery, fishery in in the in the in Europe. Uh, and we have uh, uh, the land is very good. So you have uh, great products and great food from land from sea. Uh, and yes, we have to. We cannot lose this. And we have to start to appreciate it and to enhance all this, all this um, potential. So I'm curious now that I feel like I have a better understanding of your destination and just how incredible your food scene is, um, is what does tourism development look like around your food or, you know, a tourist that's like a foodie or Jane <laughs> goes to your destination and how can they experience the food? Is that sitting in a restaurant or is that going out on a trail and going fishing in the ocean and collecting items to create a meal? Um, how can tourists interact with your food? Well, nowadays you don't, we don't use food at all for promoting our destination. Food is, of course, food is always present uh, concerning tourists, right? If it's a, a second or first choice of your journey, 
it's always present. But tourists don't come here for food. It's one. It's it's a it's a very important part when you live, um, and the the, the memories that you yet to um, bring to with you from the the your trip here. I'm I'm sure that it will be uh, food also about food because it's very easy here to find good products to find good places to to eat. We don't have a very more. We don't have Michelin stars here restaurants or very known restaurants, but we have good locally local family restaurants where if you read it and if you search well, you can find very very great food. So it's it's very easy to fall in love with our food when you come here, but you don't come here for food uh, because it's not. We until now we don't see food as a way of promoting our 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 destination, the Azores destination. Not for now. Is that something you think could change? It has to change. Yeah, urgently it has to change. We 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 did it uh, on a few weeks ago. We uh, the local food culture project did it uh, the first webinar uh, on gast local gastronomy, and we for for a, a whole week we discussed different themes concerning gastronomy and um, and at the end there was uh, one voice uh, from all the the people that were invited concerning the the potential of gastronomy and the urgency to to make gastronomy um, a sector that is has to be more organized more studied uh, more enhanced um, and uh, you, you cannot um, put it apart from from tourism. You cannot, because, especially because you have a lot of potential. Sure, and you know, I think in this in this brief amount of time that we've been chatting, we've talked about a few challenges that the Azores has. Uh, maybe that's economic opportunity, people leaving the destination to go live somewhere else. There's sort of sporadic weather. Do you think that having a stronger food culture? really ties into destination management could help solve some of these problems? Well, yes. Well, food can help solve a lot of problems. And we have uh, very uh, big issues here concerning local development. Well, gastronomy has this potential of linking all the society, but especially in concerning tourism, uh, gastronomy has the potential to link the, tour, the, the people who visit us, who come here and live money to, to, and pay f to have experiences, to link them with the community. That's the only way the community can, um, can see tourism as a way of, of helping them development, developing. I don't know if, if I can make myself clear. Yeah, I think that's great. And our... Um... Do you feel like your locals are very welcoming of tourists? Like they see the value in them or is there still maybe some, is there any kind of conflict between visitors and locals? Not, not conflict, but um, there is this um, um, way of thinking uh, uh, about tourism only for some of the, some parts, a very small part of the, of the community, especially the, um, the the people that has more money uh, that are able to invest in in tourism um, um, but um, 
the rest of the community, it, it, uh, they, they appreciate tourism. They know it's very important and we see a lot of changes because uh, until 2015, uh, you didn't have, I mean, the Azores didn't appear in, um, in the panorama of, of tourism. So um, after 2015, when they started to, um, to allow the, um, companies like Ryanair or EasyJet uh, or even other companies to come here, that's when the world discovered tourism. And that's when we really uh, started to de develop this sector. And so people from here, they cannot say that we don't need tourism because they, obviously they saw a lot of changes in, in the Azores after this, this date. But they don't see uh, directly how um, they can contribute to this, to their, to the local development. Yeah, I think I think that's really common in the in the food tourism work that I've done around the world. You find that especially in uh, working class communities, like with the farmers or the the small producers or even the fishermen. Sometimes it's really hard for them to change their mind from doing their craft, right? What they've been doing maybe for the last 40, 50 years, and then try to think about incorporating something new like tourism. And, and sometimes it takes them a while to understand how they fit into that. How is it beneficial for them? How is it a win-win all around? And I love to, to take this transition into talking a little bit about the initiative, the study that you've been doing with the local fishing village. Um, yeah, so I'd love for, if you could kind of tell us the basis of that project. You were just saying that they don't understand the, how they can do something new to, to fit in tourism. Well, maybe they don't have to do something new. They just have to do the things that they, they always did because probably that's what visitors and tourists want to see. It's how we live locally, how we, we, we do our work. Uh, that's the really authentic experiences. Sometimes we don't need to, to ask the local community to change who they are so they can adapt to tourism. Maybe that's a, not a good way of thinking. Maybe that's, we just have to, to tell them, here is what you do, uh, and I, I'm going to connect you with the, the people that are visitors because that's what they want to see, not you adapt, adapting to, to them. And you you can you can see this on the on this um, fishery um, small community that you were uh, talking now and speaking about the the project that we are doing there. Well, this Raptpech, uh, for example, is is a place where we are doing some studies and 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 concerning the 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 local fish that are uh, undervalued in terms of economic uh, value. That you can find it in the um, very easily in the in all the places here in the in the island, and you can find it all all here, and uh, for um, a very small price, like for example, less than two euros. Um, and so um, we were asked to do this study uh, to look at this kind of uh, to, do, to look at this fish and try to make it, uh, to explain to consumers and even to local 
to the local community. Um, this is what we have. This is our fish. It's, uh, it's caught here, so it's fresh every day. Um, this is our people. This is our workers. So uh, if you buy locally and if you buy to this uh, local uh, fisherman, you, will you are helping all the economy, the local economy. And you can feed your family with good fish in terms of uh, um, nutritional value is, is very, very good. Um, sometimes better than the others that are the kind of species that are very expensive. And you can feed your family with a few um, uh, expenses and, uh, and you have a, a good nutritional value. So we were trying to um, look at this um, fishes, this kind of species, and the way uh, we use it or we don't use it to um, match them with local pr products coming from, from, from the land because this village is a fishery village but is also a very uh, productive uh, in concerning the land. And who asked you to do that study? Is that the local government that was asking you to do that study? or? No, it's a, it was a local association, a local development association. Okay, got it. That helped, that, yeah, so that asked us, uh, well, they had this this um, uh, investment from government uh, to make s some kind some initiatives. Uh, one of the initiatives was was um, was making giving a, a message for the for the consumers, the local community, about the value that they have on their products. And uh, how far along are you in the study? What are the next steps? Where, where are we going in the future with this? In terms of investigation, it's completed. We are just finishing to write the, the results. And, um, well, in future, um, um, I think that the, 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 the thing that we want to, to organize or to help organize, because we are not doing anything by, our, by our, ourselves, we are giving the tools and the knowledge and um, and to boost the local community into creating something to not to tell them what to do, but to show and, for example, to give some other example, examples from other places uh, that are very similar to them and try to make them um, see and realize the potential they have being a, a small com fishery community um, the value that they have, because this is one of the problems of this uh, small communities, is that they think that they are not, uh, they don't, they are not good enough. I mean, um, they are uh, poor. I mean, they they are not poor in terms of economic, but they are poor in terms of uh, social organization. You have uh, very few people that are very very rich. And you have then the rest of the community, they are very poor. So um, we are helping um, them by showing um, some other pets where they can go, looking at their products and their potential, and um, maybe doing some uh, small business where they, where they can uh, work on even during the time that they are doing the main um, job that it's to go to the to the sea or to go to the to the land 
um, and explaining that that's what tourists want to see and want to experience. So these places, they first of all, they give us uh, all the food that we need in the in the island and sometimes to to other places. We we have to realize that if this small community, uh, for some reason, was closed, there was no food on the table from for for the rest of the of the island. And this is very important that people realize the importance that uh, these small communities of fishery communities or um, uh, land producers they they have. We have to realize that um, and uh, try to tell them the the different things that they can work on. For example, to make um, to to make small businesses and putting, for example, in in um, Big, in, the, in the main city, uh, they can uh, organize themselves and putting their products there for people who don't have time to go to the supermarkets or they're just working at home. So trying to show um, some examples and some new pets where they, where they can diversify their, their incomes. It'll be so interesting to see, um, you know, the the study and what it says and what it recommends. And I imagine that you will present it when it's ready. Um, and I'm curious, you know, let's, you know, say you hold a meeting, who will attend that meeting? Who will be involved in the results of this? Will you see local government officials there? Will you see businesses, um, tourism organizations like Visit Portugal? Are they involved at a local level like this? No, uh, we are, we are, um, um, Looking for to gather all this, uh, all these people that you mentioned, because everyone has to be involved. We cannot work uh, by ourselves. We even even uh, to make this study, we had to involve everyone. Even if it's uh, if you think that um, they don't have nothing to do with uh, with the fishery, for example. Uh, it's not true. Everyone should be involved. Everyone should give their opinion, and especially the community. But for the results of the of the of the project and of the study, of course, we have to gather all the entities and to spread the words and to and start to make um, because uh, this uh, local region, this um, fishery village, <coughs> it's very known. Well, I think in all over the world, everyone everyone knows this this place, not for the good reasons, because there is always a lot of bad things happening there, and it, it's always news for the regional and national um, uh, television to say all these things that happen uh, in this place. So they already are branded. I mean, they 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 already have their own bread brand uh, so why not use this brand that exists and it's very uh, wild spread but uh, in a good sense just say okay we have a lot of uh, problems we have a lot of social problems and economic problems but we also have a lot of riches and a lot of cultural richness richness so <laughs> Let's try and balance the scale, right? And, and show the positive things instead of only the, the negative things. And that, I think that the community needs that. 
I'm really curious. I've seen um, a couple of, ex- of examples lately of tourism organizations that are working on planning processes that are giving public presentations, and they are intentionally involving children. And that's something that we do not do here on the Oregon coast. Um, we don't really work with schools, but it really, I'm thinking about it in this conversation with how, how, how are kids involved at all? Um, obviously if you're successful in this type of work, it'll benefit future generations, um, and help in, maybe instill pride in kids so that if they have the opportunity to stay or leave, they may want to stay. Um, is that anything that's come up at all? We, we also have this, you also see this problem in this uh, community that um, for the um, comparing the last census from 2011 and 2021, uh, the, the village lo- lost a lot of people uh, because they don't find it a way of having their incomes there. It's only about fishery. Uh, well, our ocean is getting less and less fish. That's an, another big problem. Um, and uh, yes, you have to address young young children. We 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 don't do. We are not going to do this in this study specifically, but we are going to work with women. That's it's it's uh, one uh, of the especially because the the women from this community usually they don't work. They are stay home mom moms. Is I don't know if that's how you say it. So they are uh, in in charge of all the family uh, economic uh, situation. So they wa- they uh, they are the bosses. They are the bosses from the ed- for the education for the uh, the economic organization. So uh, it's it's with with the woman and that, that we and especially because they don't have their own incomes, so they depend on the husband, right? If you have all uh, uh, week with bad weather, that's very usually normal here. Uh, and if the husbands don't go to the sea, there is no money. Th- that's it. There is no money. So to push the woman to start their own business, because they are very, very well um, organized, because they organized their, their homes before, um, doing the, showing the woman the things that, they can do with the with the, um, the things that they already know how to do it. For example, food. Food, maybe maybe cooking classes or having a homestay, making their their home a homestay for tourists. Yes, you can do a lot of other small businesses rather than only opening uh, restaurants. You don't need to open restaurants, um, but this is also another issue in this uh, in this. Um, fishery community you only have one restaurant uh, that serves fish this is kind of strange right it's a bit ironic yes <laughs> uh, because there are uh, because no one wants to go there the the tourists they, they visit this village but they, they only pass by they don't they don't stop there first because they don't have places to stop uh but they don't have places to stop because there is no tourism. So it's kind of uh, uh, strange. Yeah, it's it's kind of um, ironic, as as you said. So, there, but there's a lot of other small uh, businesses that you can develop based on food that they don't have. You don't have to invest very much. You just have to um, guide them and to show them other examples. Uh, 
and, and, and help them thinking by themselves. What would you say would be the main elements that this fishing village would need to move forward, whether it's uh, investment, knowledge, training, education? What Education number one? Education. Education. <laughs> yes, number one. Of course, education. Um, and, and they know it. They when when we we were there for this few months and speaking with the uh, fishermen and their wives, they know that they are missing education. I mean, th there's a lot of um, I don't know how you say in English a lot of young people that they don't go to school or they just go because they have to, so their families can earn some money. There's a lot of uh, subsidies for that. That's another big issue. Um, but um, education, they are the first ones to say that we are missing education. But you cannot give them the education, that the normal education that you have in school. You have to adapt the education for their needs. Otherwise, you don't have their attention. They have to see why, what are they going to get with spending time in a class or uh, spending time doing learning something. What is this going to get them at the end of the month or at the end of the day? So you have to adapt the education for their needs. And also their interests. And I guess that's probably where food comes into play and where food becomes really powerful is that um, the, the, their, their local life, their, their everyday life is obviously surrounded by local products, the fishing and, and, and the moms at home are cooking. And so um, you, you provide the education and then, and then you, you use food culture as sort of a catalyst to drive interest and creativity and entrepreneurship because it's, it's an, it's an area that, that that's comfortable for them, let's say. That's interesting for them that they know that they, they have some, some dominance within this world of local food. Yes, of course, of course. This is, uh, the, we cannot forget the importance of culture, importance that's this, that this kind of villages and places they, they have. We cannot forget it. And as you say very well, the, the food is a powerful tool for education uh, for education for communication for well for for, um, for everything so you can reach you can yeah you can reach um, um, when we we were there for this few months uh, when we start the the conversation with local people uh, and when we speak the word foods you can see their eyes opening and shine yes it is. You can, because they start to speak right away about the things that they do and how their mothers did and how their grandmothers did and how they pass to, to them uh, and, and, um, and that things are not now uh, the way they used to be and that they are missing these things that uh, they used to do there. Um, and so they speak about, about food. Um, it's 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 a, a, a great way of communicating, and and when they speak about food, they have a lot of uh, a lot to say, and that's their potential. That's really powerful and really inspiring. And I would hope that, as you said, the the local entities beyond the the 
development, local development agencies, but, you know, the local government, uh, you know, universities, all the local stakeholders can, can see this, this, uh, this enormous wealth of, you know, motivation, inspiration, culture that they have just sitting, um, waiting to be discovered and explored in these fishing villages. Yes, of course, because uh, the, the gastronomy um, is uh, is um, it's like it's like tourism, right? It's transversal to all the the, the society uh, in terms of education, culture, economy, uh, investigation, ev- everything, everything. So you can reach all the community um, through food. And Christina, I'm curious as we start to wrap up here. Um, in my intro, I always mention that I love moonshot goals. So the idea that we're going to the moon, like I do not like small goals or small thinking, like always think big and let's go for it. And so big, yeah. <laughs> let's go to the moon together for a second and pretend like it's 10 years from now. Um, things have gone the way you wanted them to. Things are really flourishing. What What does the tourist see in this ideal situation? What is an experience they would have when they're visiting the Azores? Ideally and doable, I will really, I, I can really see uh, the Azores having developing um, um, a really, really um, sustainable tourism. When I say sustainable tourism, is saying that um, the all the economy uh, concerning tourism is spread into all the community. Everybody is involved in it and everybody gets something with it, gets something in a good sense, right? So uh, this is uh, what I, I, I really see. I think we are in, in a good path, but we cannot miss having the community involved. And I think this is one of the issues that the, the local authorities, they have to realize is that even if someone from a fishery community doesn't understand much about economics. They have their own word to say about what ha- what's happening in their in their land, because their land is a potential potential to use for for tourism, because that's what tourists wants to see here when they visit Azores. So this is one of the things that I think it's missing, but I think we are in in a good path. Yeah, I really, I, and I really appreciate that you um, immediately go to sustainable tourism. And I think at the beginning of this conversation, you mentioned that we've all been in a reset since COVID. And the tourism industry, I believe, has been in a reset because of COVID and has been looking at um, what does sustainable tourism mean? So instead of saying, oh, we can't wait till this pandemic is over, we want everybody and anybody to just come visit us, we just need the money. I love that you immediately said sustainable tourism, that everyone is benefiting. And by everyone, you really mean the community members and that they are involved in what it looks like. Um, So I think that's really exciting to hear that as part of the planning process. Yes, I I hope we can. And I hope that the local food project concerning the, 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 the food culture can help and can help to link Sometimes you need, because sometimes everything is there. You just miss the link between the community and the people who made the laws and, to, and the people that, um, that um, are responsible for, for the actions, right? 
And so I hope, I really hope that local food culture can be the link between this, uh, all these two sometimes different areas that work apart. And so we can work together. Perfect. Is there anything else you would like to share um, before we close up here? Um, anything else you'd like to share about your experience or what you're learning in the, the food tourism space? Well, I, I'm, I'm really appreciate for uh, this last year. Um, the Local Food Project uh, is a very recent project, project but um, it's for the last year, we already did a lot of things, not only because um, we wanted to, but because it's, it was urgent to, to take the local um, uh, food culture and to um, value uh, this uh, for our community. So I I'm really appreciate for the, the contacts and the, the initiatives that we, are, we were able to do this last year. I hope to continue this this work and to progress and to speaking about what I was saying before, making the link between all the players and 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 making the food uh, culture uh, a really um, important sector because it, it it deserved not only here in the old Azores but um, who knows. Uh, to the moon, right? As you said. <laughs> exactly. I just want to say thank you, Christina, for joining us today. I've I we've known each other for I don't know a while now, and it's been really fun. Pre middle of pandemic, we met uh, virtually, and it's been really really fun getting to know you and starting to collaborate on different projects. And hopefully, the next step will be me visiting you directly in the Azores. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, Christina. I now have um, volcanoes, fish, community meetings all in my mind. Thanks again for joining us and thanks for listening in today to the Tasty Solution on the American Shoreline Podcast Network. Mm-hmm.